Time for another edition of Hotspot Hamilton. And, of course, this is just focusing on some of the great things that are happening in Hamilton. Uh, the Renaissance that's turning the corner, uh, all of that sort of thing. Uh, what we're going to focus on today is how do we make sure when we're doing all of this, I'll try not to wave my arms around, uh, <laughs> When we, when we're we're doing all this and planning for the future, how do we make sure that nobody gets left behind? How do we make sure that uh, gender, gentrification uh, does not become the next big problem? To talk about all of this, Deidre Pike is with us, senior social planner, social planning and research council in Hamilton, and with us now, Deirdre. What, Hello, Scott. What did I say wrong? Deirdre. Deirdre. It's like beer. And I know you say that to me all the time. It's like yeah. deer. I have I have a uh, Scottish aunt who it's the other way around. Ah, so that's what I'm getting. But I remember you telling me beer deer, yeah, Deirdre. Yeah, yeah. Or deer draw. See, I had a problem yeah. with the part with the deer draw than mm-hmm. the deer dream. Okay <laughs> it's the it's, it's the, the beer, deer part. that matters. All right, yeah. here we go. All right, Deirdre. Uh Hamilton's in a very unique position right now. We've been talking about uh, being at this uh, renaissance stage or turning the corner for years. Um, what is your biggest concern as Hamilton gets bigger, as Hamilton gets better? What concerns me right now in 2017 is that in 2004, we released at SPRC, the Social Planning Research Council, one of our most popular reports, I'd say, got a lot of attention, called Incomes and Poverty. And in that report, for the very first time, we said a sad thing about Hamilton. You could fill Cops Coliseum five times with the number of people who live in poverty. And now, 13 years later, the only change in that statement is that it's now called first place. Hmm, hmm. You can still fill that yeah. particular building yeah. almost five times with the number of people who live in poverty, even with new census data out, even with um, the movement that we've had in Hamilton locally. There's, uh, there are a lot of uh, pieces missing. Uh, and so when we talk about who's getting left behind, there's only so much a municipality can do. So we really need to talk about who else is being left because of other, you mm-hmm. know, the Ontario government isn't doing enough. Where's the federal government's policy on poverty? So there's one of the big things I'd say right there. Uh, do we, because Hamilton is going through this sort of renaissance now, are we just assuming that everything's okay, that there are no, that these problems are being taken care of, or there are no new problems that have come up as a result of this? I think that that's a, I think that's an easy thing to do. You know, I, I was uh, coming back from um, out in Gage Park playing some tennis and uh, coming down King Street, somebody was driving me, so I had a chance to look around. And as I looked around, I was like, wow, the city is looking really great. Mm. Everything's looking a lot better. You go by Gore Park and you're yeah. like, wow, is that ever classy looking? Nobody can smoke in Gore Park anymore. Mm. So it's empty. So where do we see the problems? It's harder to see the problems as mm. in the people that we might distinguish as different and and that's becoming less visible therefore we think it's better and i think that's a problem is there as much opportunity to solve these problems now as there is opportunity to move the city forward is it more difficult just because we have a successful city does that mean we're handling this issue successfully we're not handling it successfully but i do think there's opportunity to handle it better because of the affluence that could be coming and so you know you say something like lrt it's very divisive, uh, and but for the people who think that it's a really good thing for the city and it's going to bring in revenue in all kinds of ways, uh, then if that's so true, then be sure that the people who are going to be displaced when that building happens along King Street and 
the apartments along there that are mostly filled with people on social assistance are vacated. Where are those people going to go? We don't know. But if this is such a lucrative deal, why aren't we building new housing at the waterfront that includes rent geared to income and units that are more than just RGI units, but units that are uh, able to provide uh, affordable housing for people on social assistance at the level that this Ontario government still th seems to think is feasible. We often hear the phrase mixed housing and you know it's a buzz phrase it seems uh, and more and more newer communities are, are incorporating this. Are we doing enough to bring when like you said the waterfront development when these sort of great things happen are we considering those who are being priced out? No not concretely yet. So are I hear some conversation, so therefore there's some consideration. But for example, it's a great opportunity when you look at building housing down on the waterfront to put in place the inclusionary zoning bylaw that we now have permission from the provincial government to use to say, look at developer, if you want to build here, great, we're happy to have you. And 25% of all the units that you build need to be at a certain level for affordability for these people. And... Um, uh, on this level of income. Uh, so far, that's not concretely in place. And so I think these are great questions. And I hope that you have an opportunity to ask people at the city of Hamilton hmm. about implementing them. Are you hearing more from the community and the people you talk to on a daily basis that it is getting more and more difficult to survive in Hamilton because of the success of the city, recent success? Uh, there, there are, there's so much happening in this community there's so many more ways that we can participate in so many things. Mm -hmm. We who have the affluence to do that. And so people are getting further left behind because there's more available that they can't do. That's yeah. what I see. And so, so you know, widening. you talk about so many great things that, that are that's coming to Hamilton. Hey, are you coming down to this or that? And, you know, some of those things may be free, but other things, there's a lot of barriers to, to people that don't have... Have the money is the it bank. possible to grow as we are and not leave people behind? Hmm. I is it possible to yes? Uh, it, I think it is possible to grow and not leave people behind. I think there's tools uh, that municipalities can use. I think that uh, you know this is a partnership with the province, for example, the LRT. So there's uh, two governmental bodies that have quite a few tools between them that I think that they could put in place to not leave people behind, for sure. All you need to do is make that vision statement that the city of Hamilton has talked about for so long around making this place the best you know, place to raise a right. child. If you have that before you always, then how could you possibly leave people behind? The mayor talked about uh, $50 million investment into affordable housing uh, spread over uh, a few years. Does that make a dent? How does that work? Does that... You know, I think that that... It sounds like an awful lot of money, but... It is. And, uh, you know, the, I was... There's some disappointment in that, in the decision of um, investing that all into social housing. It'll be good in terms of, uh, you know, the stock that they have really needs to be fixed up. I hear from people... I just heard from somebody today who's, you know, the fourth time being treated for bed bugs and fleas. She's had... They've had a fire in their apartment building for the new... You know, how many times? I forget she told me... Um, you know, obviously there's trouble in the social housing stock. Uh, but it's a, to put all that money into 
something that uh, isn't long term, mm -hmm. uh, I think was a bit of a loss there. And I think there was some original plans with that money. I mean, it's no sense talking about it now. It's water under the bridge. Uh, I think there was some other possibility, but they chose to put it all into something that they could stand beside and say, look it, we fixed this yeah. house instead of something long term that could have said, look what we're doing. Uh, we're measuring uh, this success so that we can see, you know, a, a better opportunity. But anyway, this is how they've gone. Uh, better to split the money up to various things like that or makes or put it under one thing where you can see an impact. Well, that's the argument, right? That's the argument. You can definitely see an, uh, an impact when you put money into fixing social housing because there's yeah. going to be hammers and new doors and windows that you can stand beside and say, look what we did. And that's a great opportunity for both the people in those social housing and for the politicians who made that choice. I think that there were... Uh, there could have been more risky decisions made with that money and it would have divided it up. But I mm. do think that there was a good plan in place and they chose a different one. Talk a little bit about the basic, uh, basic income pilot. Uh, Hamilton, one of, uh, I think, three centers that are involved in this, um, uh, which is basically combining, well, I'll let you explain it, but uh, we've also heard that the uptake on this hasn't been as quick as what they had hoped for, that people aren't really jumping on board. So first of all, talk about what the basic income pilot is, what the objective is, what they're trying to do, what they're encompassing to give you this. Mm -hmm. So there is this idea that, uh, you know, if in our, in, in this geographical district of Ontario, if everyone received a base amount of $17,000 mm -hmm. and we did away with all the other income security programs because there are many. If you counted up all the ways that people get checks from Ontario Child Benefit and EI and or that's that's federal but um, you know and social assistance and old age and so on and so forth. These are many many income security systems and if you collapsed those and had one uh, called basic income and then uh, so everybody got 17000 But if you're working and making 60000 or more or whatever, obviously that's not going to, you would, um, you know, you would not be getting that extra $17,000. Right. But if you become, if you get on old age, then you would get a supplement to that $17,000 mm -hmm. and so on. So there's a good, there's a good model for it. It's been tested. Uh, there's a lot of proponents. It must really streamline income. the process if it works, if, if it's it covering works. all the bases. Yeah, but imagine how difficult it would be. Who trusts right now that a, that any of our governments could put in a good computer system? We watched as the yeah. Ontario Works system uh, uh, went system. down the drain. Yeah. That took forever to get fixed. They they now think that that's working better. Now we've got the federal system, people not getting paid. So yeah. I, I have, I want to see things streamlined, but I don't know who's equipped to put in such a program. But anyway, there you are. That's the idea of basic income. So now the Ontario government is saying, we're going to find 4,000 people that will test this out for us. And, um, and so far, in fact, I, just last Friday, the announcement was 400 checks are going out to people now this month uh, for the first time. And so that is much slower of an uptake than, than they had hoped for. And I think that there's a few different reasons for that. What are the concerns of the participants? The participants... Well, the participants, the potential participants yeah. are concerned that once they sign up, well, first of all, there's some mistrust about the government. If you've already been on social assistance, yeah. you know what it's like to be surveilled, yeah. to have every month to be asked for this or that. The difference is basic income isn't going to ask for that. Mm -hmm. You're going to get this money for a year and nothing happens except you fill out your income tax. Yeah. So there's a problem right there. People have to be income tax filers. And so we need to push in this community and the Social Planning Council and the Roundtable, we're working um, to get uh, some funding through Trillium to really be able to uh, run some really effective tax filing 
clinics side by side with applications for basic income because without it, you can't do it. Yeah. Um, so there's one barrier. The other thing that we've just learned recently and uh, we're really hoping that uh, we've heard from people inside the government that they are working to change this, but it's currently a, a barrier, is that on basic income, there's no protection from being garnished mm-hmm. from previous landlords or consumer debt, which is a safeguard that you have on Ontario Works and, and ODSP. And so if you're, you know, so you're going to make less, if, right. you know, you yeah. sign up for this thing yeah. and all of a sudden all your debt's going to be paid off instead of that. So there's a big problem. But again, we're there. They say they're working on that. Uh, and and in, in a sense, some may feel like uh, at least what they have now, they know what they have now. It's reasonably secure in their mind. Do they want to be a guinea pig and try something else and perhaps lose down the road? You know, this is what a, happens when the so program, true. what happens when the program's over? Mm hmm. Well, these are the unanswered questions, right? Yeah. Absolutely unanswered questions. And so uh, you're right about people wanting to stay with what they know. We yeah. have that. We just had that recently in terms of um, women in housing, for example. Uh, you know, asking homeless women, what kind of housing do you see yourself in? What do you like best for yourself? And the bar is quite low because they know what they know and they don't know what they don't know. And so if they've stayed at the YWCA, they think that's great housing. Mm. If they've stayed at Mary's Place, they want to stay in a, in, a sh- in a shelter system because that's what they know and they don't know what's out there. And so it's the same with this basic income. I think you're right around, you know, um, it's people on OW and ODSP would be able to keep their drug card for this pilot test, which is good. But other low-income people who apply uh, don't have that same benefit of the drug card. Is it making it more complicated? It seemed like it was a great idea because it would simplify things, but it seems to be, you know, creating as many questions as it's answering. Well, that's what a pilot does, though. Yeah, and that's so that's okay. That, and that's I'm happy objective. for the questions. Yeah, I want to see the answers. Yep, good point. And that's what we need to do. But right now, uh, you know, we really have the we have enough concerns about this garnishy issue that we're not highly recommending people to apply at this point. Mm. However, I would say that we have a really great opportunity on Friday. We're, we're having a meeting with uh, some of the government folks who are running the, the pilot and uh, uh, Tom Cooper and I and some others, uh, Laura Katari, will be having some really serious conversations about how to move it forward more effectively, particularly uh, not just in our community, but around the province. What and is, I think that'll help. What is success for this project? What, I mean... Well, success would be that, uh, you know, the majority of people who in experience an increase in their income and can count on that and can start to make decisions you know, at least on a three-year plan, um, Mm. based on that income, uh, that their lives are going to be better. I mean, the healthcare system will have less uh, participants. You know, there'll be less people at Mm -hmm. at emergency uh, because people will be able to go to Shoppers Drug Mart and pick up the kind of thing that they needed, but they might often go to Emerge for, that kind of thing. Are you surprised more aren't jumping on this? What was your reaction when you first heard about this program? My reaction still is only if it's done with the right safeguards, is it going to better the lives of people? I think there's too many risks that people could be left behind, especially afterwards. And so in the wrong hands, this is a uh, it's a great tool, but only in the right hands. So with this government, I trust this government uh, to be paying attention. They are paying attention to us when we say we have a concern. They're addressing it. But if the conservative government is the next leading government in Ontario, this pilot will be, I would think, would be 
done, they would probably cancel it. And if they do keep it, it's the kind of tool that in, in the wrong hands can really oppress people more than we already are experiencing. Is there a certain type of individual who, where this program is great for, others it's not? Again, we'll learn that in the pilot. But my guess is that people, uh, right now, the, the biggest thing is the changing nature of work, the precarious yeah. employment. So how many people do you know that have three part-time mm-hmm, jobs? Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 maybe no benefit and probably no benefits and so i think for for the changing nature of work basic income is going to be great for those workers who need that stability okay i've at least i've always got this background back uh backing me up this seventeen thousand dollars and now i can move to this position this one isn't working so i'm going to try this job and you can be back to taking those risks to finding the right place for yourself i think that'll work for are we doing this project in the right places i believe it's here Lindsay and kenora that it's that it's running does this need to run in a big or is it maybe it's thunder Thunder bay Bay, instead of kenora Lindsay and hamilton here brantford it's hamilton brantford so we're hamilton brant so so um some of the folks are right from sure. Brantford that are in our thousands. But should this be in a large city? Should this be in a Toronto, a Vancouver, a Montreal, something Not as like a pilot. That? It would no? be impossible to run. I yeah. think they've done a good choice. They've they've made a good choice. Our mayor stepped up early on saying he wanted the pilot. I was a little iffy about thinking that that was a good thing for us because I'm nervous about it. But, like I said, uh, you know, we have to ask these questions, so I think it's, it's the right So, in place. other words, any sort of project is better than no project at all? No. Never, I never believe that. That's <laughs> not true. That's not true. In this case, I for uh, I was dragging because my you feet sound on. very hesitant about this. I have been very hesitant. I am very hopeful about this. Uh, you know about the conversation I had last week and the one that's coming up. Mm-hmm. I, again, I think this Ontario government is the right. Uh, you know, they have the right idea, and and they're the right people to test this at this particular time. Um, and so, because of that, I feel more hopeful. But uh, but it is a pilot project, and we have a lot of questions and. Yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to Will those questions, do those questions need to be answered before this is implemented? Is that impossible? Is this one of those things where even in year three, you'll be asking questions? Because mm. it continually will evolve. I think, th- I think the three years should be able to answer quite a few questions. I think it's going to be slower off the mark. I mean, it is already slower off the mark. Uh, you know, the, will everybody be signed up by the end of this year? Uh, you know, one of the questions that I have, and I'm I'm hoping to get an answer on Friday, is, you know, s- my friend who just uh, was accepted. You know, one of a, a guy who has been on OW for years and years, he finally just got onto ODSP, which was a great thing, and now he's been accepted onto this basic income pilot. Um, you know, and how does he feel about it? What, how does excited. he feel? Is he excited about he's it? He's excited. This is going to change. That's a lot. That's a lot more money for him. What does he say? What does he say? What's going to change? his fridge won't be empty, right? Yeah. So he's a guy that sent me a picture of his refrigerator. We're doing a campaign asking the Ontario government to uh, respond to the promises they've made around social assistance. Talk empty fridges, this. empty empty fridges, empty promises. So we're asking people in Hamilton. We've uh, I've had a commitment from the mayor, from Terry Cook, from the Community Foundation, from uh, some other folks. They're going to take pictures of their fridges. And, and uh, then we're getting pictures of uh, people on OW and ODSP to take pictures of their fridges. There's a very different story about what's mm. inside Fred's fridge and what's inside my friend Tim's fridge. And, uh, 
but Tim is sure that his fridge will look a lot better on the basic income pilot than it looks now. So on Monday uh, at noon, because uh, next week is the International Day to Eradicate Poverty, so on Monday we're going to be at the Venture Centre at Good Shepherd on um, at noon on Cannon Street, and uh, we'll be inside one of their big walk-in fridges uh, with our own fridge covered in pictures, um, you know, asking people to take a look at the difference mm. between a fridge... Uh, you know, if your fridge was being filled on seven thousand dollars a year, that's all you got. Or seven, sorry, seven fifty a month um, is all you got, and you have to pay for rent, and then try to fill your fridge with food after that. You're going to have a messy looking fridge. If Empty people want to find out more about this, where can we go? You should go to the Social Planning Research Council website, or follow me on Twitter at Deirdre Pike. Deirdre Pike has been with us, Senior Social Planner, Social Planning and Research Council of Hamilton, uh, making sure that as we progress as a city during these uh, during this renaissance time that we don't leave those behind. Deirdre, thank you very much for the uh, time and effort. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Scott.